Hi, I'm Marianne Talkovsky, and you're listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With over a decade of experience as a holistic health practitioner and face reader, I've read hundreds of faces and elevated how many people see themselves. Every person's facial features tell a story of who they are and who they came to be. And in this podcast, you will hear what people see and learn about themselves while looking in the mirror. You won't want to miss an episode, so be sure to subscribe. Rebecca Durant Hines shares how at the age of 28, she was diagnosed with cancer and it was a very aggressive cancer. And she talks about how she overcame this by really battling her inner people pleaser. I highly recommend you listen to this compelling story of courage and strength as Rebecca shares what she feels humanity needs the most. It's a beautiful story. Okay, so hi, I'm Marianne Telkovsky with Humanity Speaks the Human in the Mirror. I'm here today with Rebecca Durant Hine. Hi, Rebecca. Hello, how are you? <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. So I'm excited to have you on here. Can't wait to hear more about your story. As always, I start these episodes with people taking a look at themselves, their reflection in the mirror, and describing to any listeners that may not see your photo or may have never seen your facial features. How would you describe your face? Hmm, okay. Um, So I think I have um, more of like a, a, a long face as opposed to like round, but it's not super, super long somewhere in somewhere in the middle. Um, and I have pretty defined cheekbones and my nose is nice. I like my little nose. Um, and yeah, my eyes, I've always felt like they're a little, uh, like wider set apart, um, as opposed to more narrow, um, green eyes, which I always have loved as well. And now I see a few little wrinkles starting now that I'm in my thirties, but <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anything else? Um, I mean, I see uh, the the changes and the the growth that I've gone through in the last couple of years. I think that that reflects on my face as well. Um, I think I've lost sort of the the childish look in the last in the last four years particularly, which has to do with just growing up, but also, um, you know, the last four years have been pretty significant in terms of personal growth. So I think that that shows too in my face and, um, yeah. Yeah. Is there a feature, a particular feature that maybe you're not so fond of, or you've had challenges with in the past or maybe even presently? Um, I don't know about, <clears throat> challenges I've I mean when I was when I was younger I hated that I looked as young as I did like I've always been one of those my birthday is really really late in the year and I've always been one of those people who I just looked a lot younger than I was like when I was 14 and starting high school I looked like I could have been starting middle school and I hated that growing up um now it's it's I've come to appreciate it I think more for for it's its benefits. Um, but I think also sometimes I run into the, the issue with, you know, people maybe not taking me as seriously or, um, I like, I I'm also a teacher and I get mistaken for a student sometimes. And that's always, it was kind of, you know, funny at first. And now 
I, uh, I just kind of want to be a, a grown up adult. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that so relate to that. You know, there's so many times where people are like, Oh yeah. Who's going to believe you? You're a 30 something. I'm like, excuse right. me. I'm in my forties. You know, <laughs> like, I have had some life experience and right? you know, so I get it. You know, it's a blessing and a curse to feel like yeah. Yeah, I look young for, you know, like it's, it's glorified in our culture it is. to look mm-hmm. young and to be young and to stay young, but it can also, it's double-edged, right? Cause double-edged. a lot of your people, you know, question if they do take you seriously. So exactly. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what about a feature that you love? Um, I've always loved my eyes really. Um, and as I got older, I, I, I have learned to appreciate them even more. I think they're, um, green and I've always really loved that. And they're, they kind of have, um, like bits of yellow and, and brown in them too. Um, so yeah, even when I was a kid, I remember like before I really, you know, before you can really understand, um, people, you know, like how people will perceive you or how you perceive yourself. You haven't even really figured that out yet. Um, I still, yeah, really loved my eyes. Even then, even when I was little, I remember that. Wonderful. You do have beautiful eyes from what I can do through Zoom. Zoom. (laughs) It's hard to make eye contact. It is. (laughs) Um, Okay. Fabulous. Well, I would love to share what I see in your face. Absolutely. So from a Chinese face reading perspective, because Chinese face reading, it's a branch of Chinese medicine and it basically, it's an art and science telling, it, it helps to basically reveal, we all sign a contract when we're born to live experiences, life lessons. We also have patterns and tendencies mm-hmm. you know, in our personality. Um, so the face is a map and it gives us a, a, an insight on who we came to be and where we're headed. So what I see in your face, first of all, I can't, I can't look away from this like really cute dimple in your chin, <laughs> like a cleft. Yeah. A little one. Yeah. yeah. My husband has a really big one. It's uh he calls it a butt chin and my daughter <laughs> has too. And it makes me nervous because it's called the performer's chin. Uh-huh. Which Really, it's about like, you know, this, uh, this person that um, loves acknowledgement and attention. We all do. We all heard with the performance chin, that cleft, there's just a little bit more of a touch of it, you know, like that desire to be seen and acknowledged and loved, you know, it's, it's a charming attribute. So um, I also wanted to point out, okay, so you mentioned wide set eyes. So um, your eyes are not only wide set, but your brows are as well. You've got a really nice space in the third eye that's open. So the thing about wide set features, it represents your ability to play well with others. Um, Mm. When features are close set, it's more of an independent, like I am not so much of a community or working in teams type of type of person. Whereas with wide set, you can actually get along with a variety of personalities, work with a variety Mm -hmm. of personalities. You know, you can foster a community where people will feel included, Mm -hmm. um, which is a really wonderful quality. And then the other piece is being able to see big picture. So there's big picture thinking involved in a lot of your, um, your, your uh, planning or at least vision. So, um, 
what else do I see? Um, so yeah, I, I do see what you're saying about the youthfulness. Um, and, and there's a little bit of a fire element to mm-hmm. your, um, to, to your, um, features. Fire is this, uh, it is the charmer and mm-hmm. it is, it is the performer and it is this person that is, um, just sparks a lot of joy and excitement. And that can seem very childlike because it's playful. Um, but it's also a really strong quality for if you're going to be out in the public and you want to, um, engage with people and get them excited, whatever your message is, I I don't know what your message is yet or how you're working with people, but Mm -hmm. these are just qualities that I'm seeing, you know, right away. So, and the cool thing about that is, um, no matter how old you get, there's this element of joy that's going to be a signature in everything that you do. And that's really important because as we get older, sometimes we can get so serious and you're, True. you're approaching your thirties, which the decade of the thirties happens to be according to Chinese face reading the decade where we do get so serious about building our lives. We start families, we start careers. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we can lose that playfulness and that joy. So um, you already have that embedded in your nature. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So I would love to hear like what's resonating with you, what what may not be resonating with what yeah. I've shared. I think well, all of that really. So I'm I um I'll, I have so many different jobs or roles, but they all have a performative aspect to them, which is really interesting. So um my career by education as a teacher and a course I mean you're standing in front of a classroom of teenagers you're you're performing <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's that and then um, I, and then my my passion is split um, I am I went to school initially my undergrad I was in, uh, I went to school for theater so that was always my passion growing up was per- like literally performing. Um, and then I, after school, went to teacher's college and all of that. And, um, and then later in life, about four years ago, kind of came back to acting and started incorporating that into my career again. So that's obviously very performative, <laughs> literally. Um, and then also the work that I do uh, with my, with my online community and supporting cancer patients, I do a lot of, uh, vlogs and, um, uh, recorded messages, I suppose. It's almost as if like we were, you're at like a public speaking event sort of. So it's, and so that's very performative as well, obviously um, on camera. Um, so yeah, I mean, like that was, that's me. And then also I'm a people, ple- I, I like to say I'm a recovering people pleaser because it's something that I've been working on. Um, and, but that's very performative too, to come from. So it's really interesting to see that like crossover, I guess. Um, Cause I never thought of it in that way as, cause it, for me, people pleasing took the form of trying to be who I thought everyone else wanted me to be and do all the things that I thought other people wanted me to do so that they would love me and they wouldn't leave me. And I would never be alone. Um, cause I had a lot of loss growing up and that really impacted me in those ways, especially in my relationships, my romantic relationships, really trying to, I really had to sacrifice parts of myself to make 
past relationships work. And yeah, it was like a performance. I realized that I was performing as someone that I wasn't or that I didn't want to be or that wasn't truly me or authentically me. So that's super interesting because I never thought about it in that way. Like I knew this about myself, but I'd never thought of people pleasing as performing, but it really is. Taking on a persona. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a huge epiphany. Yeah. <laughs> just like sure. a couple of minutes. I, I love that you're so introspective in that mm-hmm. because a lot of times fire is about being outward, but mm-hmm. you know, you also have this quality of being looking at, at yourself in inwardly. So I can see there's been a lot of growth from what you had shared. Mm-hmm. What about the wide set features and, um, and the fire aspect? How are you feeling about that? So the, the wide set features, it's really interesting. Um, and it's kind of nice that I didn't mention it before, but from when I noticed that my eyes were more wide set, that was also, that was something that I didn't like as well when I noticed it. Cause I started noticing it when I started acting and modeling as an adult, because I just saw my face so much more in images. Um, so I noticed it only like a few years ago and I didn't like it initially, but with that explanation, I really love it. That's really wonderful. I mean, I love collaborating. I always have, I can work well independently, but, um, like when I was in school and everything, I always preferred to be working in a group. Um, and I also, I think that's also why I am drawn to, or was drawn to theater and continue to be drawn to theater and film and TV. Cause you're really, being you're a member of a team you're a member of a a a collaboration and um so that just resonates with me definitely because that's always been my my preference in terms of of working and I think I do it well like I think I um I'm a good member of a team but I can also lead a team as well so I think that that is very accurate um and in terms of the fire element people always describe me as very uh like positive and outgoing even though I am actually more of an introvert I can be very outgoing and have this energy I suppose and um and people have commented on it before and so maybe that's the the fire part is that it's not just positivity it's um yeah like an energy of some sort that gives me the positivity versus the other way around yeah yeah very high spirited. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yes, I was going to mention positivity. Um, that is definitely because I, I, I know you have bangs, but you've got a, a pretty large forehead. That's a little, yeah, I do. and that is a, a also indicative of that positivity um, mm-hmm. and, and that high, high spirit um, nature. So I would love to hear about um, any, any, I mentioned what the wide set, some big picture thinking, and I know you mentioned a, um, an online community. Yeah. So I'd love to hear more about that. Sure. Yeah. So um, I run a, an online, I, I, I call it an online community because there's just different aspects of it. I have a blog and then I have a Facebook group and then a YouTube channel and they kind of all work together. Um, so when I was 28, four years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I took a very integrated route to my healing. So I did stuff from the conventional world surgery and, and, um, some chemo and, uh, two other drugs. And then, um, and then I did everything you can think of from the alternative world 
from like alternative therapies like high dose vitamin C and hyperthermia and mistletoe to like just radical lifestyle changes in terms of exercise and stress and detoxing and um, diet. Like it was really a huge shift physically. But what that did also was I, I firmly believe that everything happens for a reason and not necessarily the like that the way we maybe think of that sometimes in terms of, you know, like this was destined from the beginning of time to happen. I just feel like if you take the, if you choose to take the time and energy to look for the positives and the lessons and the growth, there are reasons, positive reasons why even the worst things in your life uh, happen. There are positives you can take away from even the worst of experiences. And so this sort of what started as a physical transformation really ended up being a very, very spiritual, emotional, mental transformation as well. And I came through my cancer, like when I first got to, you know, like when I got over the initial year and a half, we were having like all of the treatments and all of the appointments and all of that physical healing part that's taking up so much of your brain. Um, when I sort of got past that and started moving into life after cancer, I really had no idea how I got through it as well as I did. I had no idea whatsoever, but starting to write about it, I just had this sense that I needed to share what I had gone through and how I had accomplished physical healing, but also this mental and emotional and spiritual aspect that I don't think it's talked about enough in cancer because obviously our doctors are very concerned about healing us physically, but they don't, they don't, there's not a lot of resources or information, at least in the conventional Western world in terms of your mental health and your emotional health and your spiritual health going through something like that. And so I just felt this need, this pull to start sharing about particularly that aspect. I share about everything, all of the physical things I did to heal as well. Um, and, but so, so writing the blog and, and starting to make videos and talking about my experience and what I'd gone through, it really helped me to figure out to like go outside of myself almost and, and look in and see like how I had done that and, and actually realize even more of the lessons and the changes and the growth that they just became more and more apparent. And they still are, they still come to me. I have a running list. I call it lessons cancer taught me. And I have a list of like, there's probably 50 of them now from the last four years. Um, and I did, they just keep coming. I just keep wow. adding to them. Yeah. So it was this, it allowed me to connect to my intuition. It allowed me to connect to the universe and believe in actually something greater than us. Um, and it was, it was, yeah, it was profound. It was profound. And now it, it sounds probably sounds wild and crazy, but from this point right here, right now, how I feel in this moment, who knows how I'll feel later, but in this moment, I feel very grateful to my cancer experience, which might sound insane to someone who hasn't gone through it, but it, it, I really wouldn't take it back if I could, because it has resulted in me becoming the person that I feel like I was meant to be and has, and is what allowed me to discover what I think is um, one of the purposes for me being here in this life, in this particular life. Um, so in terms of big picture, like you said, I mean, that's almost as big as we can get in terms of, you know, the reasons thing ha things happen to us and our purpose here on earth. But um, yeah, 
<laughs> that's what my last few years has been about and what this my my community solace cancer community is all about really is um yeah continuing to learn and continuing to grow from the challenges and the obstacles that happen to us in our lives wow wow so okay so the lessons keep coming what has been the most recent lesson um the most recent one um let me see I was just writing what well the one that's most memorable right now is um that cancer taught me the what I feel like is the meaning of life and the reason why we are all on this planet in the lives that we are in and that is to figure out develop discover the unique things about ourselves that make us us and that can help other people. And then to use those skills, to use those gifts, to use those talents, to help each other. That is, I think that's the whole reason is to help each other get through this life and um, accomplish the, the growth and learning that each of us is, is here to accomplish. That's the biggest that's the most memorable one anyway, <laughs> right now. Yes. Yes. And you had alluded to being a recovering people pleaser. Yes. And how that has impacted your experience in relationships mm-hmm. and how you've experienced a lot of loss in your mm-hmm. early years. And then um, one of the things that fire types especially can struggle with is abandonment and rejection, mm-hmm. which you know, putting yourself out there as a performer, you are bound to face. (laughs) (laughs) And then being in relationships, of course, you know, that can also be the struggle of the heart feeling like, Oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to be left alone. Um, have you, have you had many, um, epiphanies in your cancer journey with those topics with with growth from, from those aspects? Definitely. Um, I I feel like I had started my journey towards um, acknowledging the full effect that being a P because I I knew we have people pleaser is such a, is such a, 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 a throwaway term. We say it all the time, right? Like, Oh yeah, I'm a people pleaser or whatever. And I don't think we necessarily give it the weight that it is due because being a people pleaser affects our life and who we are deeply on a lot of levels. And I think we don't always recognize that. And I think that's also why a lot of people we, we, and for me anyway, why I, why I was that way for so long is because I was like, Oh, that's just, you know, that's just the way I am. I want the people around me to be happy and that's nice. Um, and, and I didn't recognize or didn't realize really, um, how much doing that was blocking me from becoming the person and being the person that I wanted to be and that I was meant to be. And I had, so I had started that realization before I was in a a long-term relationship that I should not have been in for as long as I was in. It took me a really, really long time to recognize that. And then a while to get out of it or to feel ready to get out of it. Um, And so that was sort of the beginning of it. 
but it really took going through cancer and my literal life and quality of life being on the line to force me to stand up for myself. It's like the universe was giving me like opportunities to accomplish this. And I just kept like ignoring it or like not fully committing, not fully going there. And then it was like, okay, well, fine. We're just going to send you something that you literally cannot ignore. Um, And because I took an integrative route, I did, as I said, some stuff from the conventional world, but I also uh, refused certain things as well, like radiation and most of chemotherapy and going, being a people pleaser and having to go to my oncologists and tell them that I didn't want to finish or that I didn't want to do it, uh, a treatment were, were two of the scariest days, which sounds ridiculous because I was going through cancer and there's a lot of scary days when you're dealing with cancer, but those were two of the scariest days. I was just a ball of nerves going into those appointments in the days approaching those appointments. But I knew that in my gut and my oncologist, one of my oncologists asked me, she said, you know, why don't you want to finish chemo? And I said, it's going to be very un it's going to be very unsatisfying to you as a logical person, a logical medical scientific person, but my gut is just screaming. No, I, it's just, and I I can't ignore it. And it's just, it just says no. And I, I, I did a ton of research, a ton of reading. I asked all the questions I asked for every opinion from every person I could find. So I definitely informed my gut with statistics and facts and science and I didn't, I didn't make it based just on how I felt, but then I just let it sit. I let my gut sit with all the information I gave it and then just listen to what came up and some things it was, it was a very clear yes for certain parts. Um, there were two drugs in particular that I felt very good about doing. And then radiation and most of chemo was just like a very visceral resounding. No, it's like, like I felt it in my body. I heard it in my head. It was just screaming at me. No. And I think that literally nothing other than my life being on the line and, and my, like I said before, my quality of life being on the line, I don't think anything else would have forced me to stand up for myself in that way. In the past, I would have just been like, okay, I'll do it. Cause you want me to do it. And I'm worried. I, literally, I was worried that my oncologist would be judging me and thinking that I was a bad patient. And like for a long time in my life, that opinion would have been more important than what my gut was screaming at me. Um, and so, yeah, so it had, it helped me to understand the importance of listening to myself and trusting myself and, uh, putting that always higher than anybody else's opinion or anybody else's feelings or thoughts about me or what I'm doing. And that then led me to realize the extent of my people pleasing. I was like, you almost let that people pleasing, uh, you almost let that let you do something that you really didn't want to do. And that realization led me to realize that I didn't feel myself worthy of love just the way I was. I was reading Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection and I got 
I, I spent at least half of that book being like, oh, this doesn't apply to me. Of course I'm worthy of love. That I don't, you know, that this, this isn't me. And then I don't remember exactly what point it was at, but she was discussing the, that it was not just worthy of love, but worthy of love exactly as you are without changing a single thing about yourself. And that is when it clicked. I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing when that, when that just like clicked into place. And I was like, whoa, I really don't feel like I'm worthy of love just the way I am. And that is why I've spent so much of my life trying to please other people and trying to be who they want to do, who who they want me to be and do what they want me to do, because I don't believe that I'm worthy of their time and attention and love and affection unless I do that, unless I'm who they are, want me to be instead of who I actually am. And that's how I ended up in relationships that I shouldn't have been in. That's how. I ended up saying yes to things that I didn't want to say yes to. It's how I ended up overloading myself with work and with stress. And all of those things definitely contributed to my diagnosis because stress and anxiety and unhealed traumas and undealt with emotions, they all have a physical effect on us. And uh, that physical effect is stress and stress hormones. And those things shut down our immune system. They shut down our gut. They have a, a very, a very real physical effect in our body. And I know that I spent many, many years in that state. And that definitely contributed to my diagnosis. Um, So it's kind of a beautiful full circle thing to realize that what my diagnosis helped me to heal those things that actually led to me being diagnosed in the first place. So it's sort of this, it was this really beautiful yeah, circle balance. I don't know. It's very, um, very poetic when I think about it now, I think. Yes. And it's so big. It's so big. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I love how introspective you are. I don't know if you've ever heard of Louise Hay and her yes. work, You Can Heal Your mm-hmm. Life. And a lot of um, her perspective on cancer, especially breast cancer, mm-hmm. was not being able to say no to people and yeah. having this inner resentment built up because it was always about nourishing others versus nourishing self. Mm -hmm. And I love that you had actually, you know, used your voice. I can hear it in the conviction of the way you're sharing your story, almost as if you're reliving it. And it sounds Mm -hmm. so empowering, you know, for you to continue to share from that place of being so, you know, connected and rooted and convicted Mm -hmm. in I need to stand up for my own needs and say yes to my own needs and no to what you're expecting me to do. That's the road to recovery and healing. And as you mentioned, to addressing not just the physical, but everything connected and rooted. So that is, um, that is phenomenal. Um, I'd love to hear Rebecca based on everything you shared. Mm -hmm. What, what do you think humanity needs the most? Mm-hmm. And I've thought I've thought about this question because I knew it was coming and I've <laughs> thought about it a lot. And I think what it comes down to for me is that universal energy that I was talking about, because as a result of going through cancer, I, I started meditating to deal with the stress, really the stress and anxiety. And then while, like while meditating, I started to feel just this presence or connection to something bigger. And I didn't know how to describe it. And I didn't know what words to give it. And eventually I landed on the universe and universal energy. And um, it's played a big part in my healing and in all of this stuff that I've been talking about this whole journey. And 
So if I believe that this universal energy runs through me, that means that it runs through everyone else in the world as well. And that means that we are all connected by this universal energy. And if people could just under, not just understand, but feel that connection, feel that energy. Um, I just, I don't, there's, there's so much divisiveness right now in the world and there's an encouragement of that divisiveness to, to, instead of heal that and bring people together, there's a lot of encouragement with, to, to increase that divisiveness. And if we could instead just feel that universal energy and believe in it and know that we are all connected, then, I mean, I don't, I can't even imagine all the ways that the world would change. But yeah, it would be pretty beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So um, I always like to invite people to take one more look in the mirror. And I'd love yeah. to hear, based on everything you shared, if there's anything else that's coming up when you see your reflection. Um, I think I see a just a, a brightness, perhaps, in my eyes and my expression. And it's I'm sure it's because I, I love talking about this stuff. It takes me to right to like the core of my existence almost. <laughs> and it just fills me with honestly that fire that you were describing. That's what it feels like. I have this, yeah, like internal burning in the best way possible. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I think I see that obviously reflected in, in my face and, um, and my expression particularly. Yeah. It's happy. <laughs> Love it. Love it. How can people find you? Uh, so the easiest way is though our website is solacecancercommunity.com. So S-O-L-I-S cancercommunity.com. Uh, and then I'm on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube under the same name. So if you just search Solace Cancer Community on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, it'll come up, but you can get to all of those places through the website as well. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful oh, story. My pleasure. <laughs> and yes keep going keep being alive thank you thank you for your insights that was really it was really interesting to hear because it matched it just matched so well <laughs> yeah with my personality and my experience you're welcome <laughs>